Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to Episode 8 of the Kennedy Mile Report, sponsored by our friends at Rocket Matter. I'm Dennis Kennedy in St. Louis. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. In this episode, we are going to go a little bit philosophical, and we're going to ask the question, what technology has been declared dead today? We'll then turn to our usual question and answer segment. We've got a couple of audience questions, and as usual, we will end up with our parting shots, that one tip, website, or observation that you can begin to use as soon as this podcast is over. Now for our topic. Uh... This topic came from Dennis. Uh, Dennis was telling me how he was running a search in his Google Reader. Uh, he had seen a couple of posts uh, talking about technologies being dead, and so he ran a search for uh, the phrase, is dead, in Google Reader. Dennis, you want to tell us what you found when you did a search for is dead? Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's funny because, uh, as some people know, and Tom, you know, I monitor a lot of things through Google Reader, always have through RSS feeds. And so, and I'm also known f- for the articles I write and for spotting trends. And part, of, and part of why I do that is because you notice things as the volume of posts kind of come by you on, on uh, in Google Reader, which is what I use for RSS feeds. And it seemed like I was seeing a lot of people saying Twitter, it's dead, you know, such and such is dead. And Tom and I were talking about it as we were thinking of topics for the show. And I said, it just seems like there's a lot more of that lately. So I did a quick uh, search in, in just my uh, Google Reader, just the items that I, I had uh, kind of highlighted to save. And so what I found was uh, were, were these. Blogging is dead, project management, desktop PCs, privacy, the browser, Twitter, PDAs, print media, RSS, the physical keyboard, and all software. Uh, so... I, I'm thinking there's something going on out there, either as the way that people are thinking about technologies, or maybe there is a transition going on out there. Um, Tom, am I reading too much into this? You know, I think it depends on what you mean. What you mean by this? Um, I, I personally think, and probably as we get further into it, I'll. I'll expound on this a little bit further. I personally think that the posts that you're reading and the things that you're you're seeing about different technologies being dead um, is in one part a way for bloggers or for other news outlets uh, to to stir up a story, uh, to, to get something interesting because we're looking for the next new thing. And the only way that you can uh, declare the, the primacy of the next new thing is to declare the old technology dead. And so I think from that perspective, you're, you might be reading a little too much into this. But but then again, you know, one of the articles that you mentioned is the desktop PC dead. Uh, if you read that article, it goes from something from Gizmodo, where they talk about how the stats really, really prove that. They, they really show that desktop PC sales are significantly down. Um, I, I think, and, and I want to talk in a little bit about what dead really means. But, uh, you know, I, I and I'll ask the question 
now, what what do you think people mean when they say dead? Because to me, dead doesn't, I, I don't buy it when they say that these technologies are dead. I think that maybe a different word is in order. But what do you think people mean when they say a technology is dead? Well, I, th- I think a lot of it is, I mean, it's a time-honored way to get attention in, in blogging. I mean, uh, we were joking around and I said, the, the one thing we know is that link baiting isn't dead. And especially <laughs> link baiting by saying some technology is, is dead. Um, so I, I think what people are trying to say, I, I mean, I, 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 there's a couple things there. I think they are trying to draw attention to say, hey, there's a period of transition or there's an evolution or perhaps a maturity coming in technology or there is a new thing coming. Um, but I also think people tend to to say something is dead just when it doesn't seem to work for, for them. And so, you know, some of these things that you, you say, like I heard uh, – John, John C. Dvorak this morning listening to the Cranky Geeks podcast say, MySQL is dying. Well, you know, millions of people are using MySQL. When people say AOL is dead, millions of people are using it. MySpace is dead. Millions of people are using it. But there is a sense of, of transition. And, and that's why I was, I was thinking, well, is the fact that so many people are saying this a sign that, that we really are moving toward Something, but I, I I don't know that people have really defined that well um, because when we wrote, I think it was three four years ago, our first article about Web 2.0 for lawyers, it, it's kind of a jokey part of our intro that even though lawyers hadn't even heard of the term Web 2.0, it had already been declared <laughs> already you know, back dead. in 2005 2006. Yep. So. Um, that's what I think. I think it's a a sign of, uh, partially a sign of maturity and also a sense of frustration, but also, um, just a time honored way to drive traffic, uh, uh, you know, to your, to your blog post or or an article. I mean, I always, always feel like if you want to drive traffic to your blog, uh, from lawyers, you just write a, you know, word perfect 5.1 is dead and you'll, be guaranteed to get a lot of traffic. Well, and you know, I want to ask you in a minute, you say that that we're going towards something and you you stopped short of saying what it is we're going towards. And I, I think there's a reason for that. But, but uh, I do think there's a marketing aspect to this, I, and not just by the people who are trying to get you know, good traffic to their blogs, but also by the companies that are introducing the new technologies. You know, one of the, one of the links you didn't say one of the search results you didn't say because I may not have come up in your results but that I have seen several times and that you have said to me many times is that email is dead and the you know, I think that that's a misnomer, in my opinion. I think that email may be broken, uh, and that there may be lots of problems with email as a communication and or a collaboration tool, but it's not dead because it's still the primary means of communications for most people who are on the internet. And so I, I think that we also have to create that distinction here that most of the things you talked about, they're not dead. People are still using them. I think we were chatting by Skype last night, and, and uh, one, one example of something that is as close to dead as we could find it is uh, is uh, Friendster. Uh, Friendster basically vanished off the face of the internet once uh, uh, MySpace and uh, Facebook came on the scene. Friendster really is a a technology that that's not being used anymore. But you know what I think it comes down to is something that you mentioned a little bit earlier, which is does the technology serve the purpose of the person who's using it or the business? I mean, does it drive the overall business or whatever strategy, the personal strategy, 
the furthest. And I think that's what determines whether something is is dead or not. For some people, they need the latest and greatest. I don't know if you've been paying attention on the internet. Steve Rubell, who's a major thought leader, a media expert, and an expert on social media, he's basically decided to stop blogging and start something called live streaming. He is going to be still providing lots of information out on the internet, but it's not going to be part of a blog. He doesn't believe that the blog is the best way to uh, to convey what he wants to get across on a daily basis. But when he's asked, is blogging dead? He says, no, no, blogging is not dead, but instead uh, it's it just needs some revamping and some, some, some work to it. And so that's why I think that we can't really say that things are dead. I think that it's just that they don't work for people anymore. And, and, and that may be what's driving a lot of these blog posts that we're seeing. Well, I, I think that I, you know, as you know, I am fond of saying email is dead because it really irritates people. But the, the you know, my thing is that email is being asked to do things well beyond its intended purpose. And it's sort of, you, you, you know, the, the, you see the cracks in the foundation because of that. And I, and I think that we actually wrote at some length in, in our book about some of the That's issues, right. especially in collaboration that you have with email. So I think there's a sense of, of both uh, when people say a technology is dead, sometimes, you know, I think you have to evaluate to say who's saying that, what's, you know, how long have they been working with something, uh, you know, what authority do do you put to somebody saying that? But it's um, I think it it it, uh, it actually interferes with the discussion, and I'm really more interested in where people are saying, "Hey, here's a technology that's maturing." I saw a blog post the other night that said, uh, "You know, a technology is in its adolescence phase," and I I was really interested in that article because I think that's a more thoughtful approach to that. Um, but I think in you know in the in the legal area, I know recently there's been a lot of uh, uh, talk about Twitter being being dead. I don't, Tom, if you want to touch on there that. Been, a there have been a lot of a lot of stories lately about whether Twitter is dead, and I think it's funny because as uh, uh, the people that I've seen who've made that statement have have basically used the stats that seem to indicate that uh, one, uh, the people who are joining uh, is either leveling off or or decreasing, and then and then two, the people who join do join don't post very often and that most of the tweets that are you are posted on Twitter are by a very small percentage of the users and and I don't I don't personally think that's dead uh, I think that that's just a technology that wasn't for the people who who were trying it out and and I think that we're seeing a lot of, of uh, lawyers trying to decide whether it makes sense for them in their practice but I think what you say is right that that they may not be trying it out as long as they need to to uh, to, to get the full benefit of it. Uh, is, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a great post. Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed this this post, although ultimately I probably disagree with the conclusion. But I thought it was a great post by a guy named Tom McLean, um, who was a lawyer who who tried Twitter, and it's a very uh, personal and and I think interesting post, heartfelt in in a way about his attempt to use Twitter and why he reluctantly decided it wasn't a good thing for him. Um, but but then the payoff sort of was that. He He'd been using it less than two months, and and so that to me was was kind of a, a funny approach because you know you and I have been using Twitter for a couple couple years, um, and other technologies we use for a long time. I call Twitter a big experiment for me, but maybe as as uh, to to wind up the topic, I. 
how do how do you decide what technologies that you stick with and uh and then what technology you you abandon i know that we tried fen great example i think for us is we tried uh friend feed as a possible way to do our show notes and we tried it for i would say what 3 minutes and we knew it wouldn't work and we stepped away from it for that purpose although we're interested in in it for other things but sort of how are some of the ways you decide to stick with a technology to stick with one for a long time and then when do you decide to step away Oh, I think that FriendFeed has a lot of good benefits, and I'm still trying to learn the best way to use it because people continue to subscribe to my FriendFeed, and 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 I keep hearing, especially from Steve Rubel, that FriendFeed is a great uh, is a great tool to uh, to 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 use. I I think that it didn't fit our purpose for the show notes. We needed something that was a little bit more robust and that did a little bit more than what we wanted from FriendFeed, and so that's really an issue of finding the right technology to work for a specific purpose. I, I think that what 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 we talk we're talking about here is I, I'll, I'll go back to what I said earlier is that the software that I use is the software that will work for me and get everything done. And so if it turns out to be old software, if it turns out to be software that's that many people don't use anymore, then I'll do that. Now, for me, that doesn't happen very often. I usually will find a new version of something that will do what I need to get done. And so uh, that's how I usually make a decision. I, uh, I I will find out, does this do what I'm asking? You know, right now, and I'll give one quick example, is that I'm, I'm trying to find a service that will that will aggregate all of my instant messaging accounts because I, I, I want to be able to talk to my friends on Skype and I have some on Yahoo and I have some on Google and I also have my Facebook friends that I want to talk to and I want to be able to talk to everybody and I think that Trillion comes the closest to being able to do that for me but the new version of Digsby just came out. I downloaded that. I looked at that. I... I didn't. It didn't work for me the way that I needed it to work, and so I think that's where it all comes down to. It's a pretty simple answer for me: is if it works, then I'm going to use it, and I'll use it for a long time. But once it starts outliving its usefulness, then I'm going to look for an alternative. Dennis, why don't you wrap up and and give us your own thoughts and and your own final opinions on this? Yeah, I mean, I think you. There's this great uh, tension out there that you kind of kind of figure out where you fall along the line between. I think you really want to fail fast on some of these things that don't work. So if it's not working um, and it's less than two months, then, then uh, you know, as, as uh, this guy's effort was with Twitter, then, you know, by all means, drop it. Um, I don't know whether you can draw conclusions for other people necessarily from, from your experience so much. And then, then also you want to say, hey, if something is working for a lot of people, uh, especially millions of people using it, maybe I need to give it more of a, a chance. So, I think that it's actually interesting to see and explore a little bit where people are saying that a technology is dead, especially if it if it's they're talking about how it's maturing, how it's evolving, or how it may need to change, or how you need to rethink it. I think it's less, uh, you know, it's not really a good way to go if people are trying to foreclose the the whole discussion or dismiss what other people are doing just because they don't understand uh, the successes people have or how how they use it. I think I, agree. I always like to give technology a chance. So, uh that, that's what I'd say. So, is legal technology dead? That would be an attention grabber. But is it? Are these technologies evolving? That's definitely the case. Yep. Okay. Well, we've got some audience questions, but before we move on to them, let's take a quick break with a few words from the Legal Talk Network and our great sponsor, Rocket Matter. 
By now, you may have heard of Rocket Matter, the blazingly fast online legal productivity application that is saving time and increasing profits at law firms across the world. Easily track time, tasks, clients, and matters. Take phone messages, manage your calendars, even print all your invoices with the click of a mouse and without installing anything. Stop by rocketmatter.com today and take a look. Rocket Matter. Work smarter, bill more, save time. Legal Talk Network has been producing award-winning legal podcasts since 2005. Subscribe to our RSS feed and start downloading today. It's free. And welcome back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And now it's time for our audience questions segment. Tom? Dennis, I understand that you visited with some law students this past week, and you got some good questions from them that we've decided to use for our question segment. I am going to choose two out of the three questions that you gave me, and I'll ask the first one, and I'll get you to start on it. What are the hot technologies a law student or new lawyer would want to focus on? Yeah, I had a great session with some students at St. Louis U Law School, and uh, it's a law practice management type of class, one of the few in, in law school. That's schools. unusual. a great class, yeah. a lot of great questions. Uh, but they asked me this question. I said, well, obviously, electronic discovery. And the other hot technology for me, although this is a little self-serving, is, is, but I truly believe it, is collaboration technologies. But I said electronic uh, discovery. I talked about it a little bit. And then I was thinking, what else? What else? And I was not coming up with anything else. So I was thinking, I wonder what Tom, how Tom might answer that. But the law students were very interested in e-discovery as a as a career path, though. Well, and we'll and we'll get to that in the second question. I I don't have a, a well, I have a somewhat different answer because I'll dispute the question and the premise of the question because I would argue with that student for a second and say that that you shouldn't be focusing on the hot technologies. You should be focusing on the technologies that are going to get your job done. That said, I think that you're right in terms of where a lot of attention is going right now is e-discovery and collaboration tools and technologies. And I'll throw in social media also as, as, as a hot technology that's being used. But I'll go back and say that you know, that takes up a very small part of what a lawyer is going to do during the day. I, you know, being able to, and I'll, I'll channel Adriana here, she, even though she's not here, I will channel her and say, knowing how to use Word, knowing how to use Outlook and Excel, having a basic knowledge of the tools that get a lawyer through their day, knowing how to use the practice management software if they have it, their time and billing software, being able to use that. I, I, I read a blog post the other day about a partner who was complaining that the lawyer in their firm didn't know how the young lawyers didn't know how to use all these very basic tools, although they could get on Facebook in, in about two seconds and do all sorts of amazing things. And I think that that what's really important for law students is to understand what do they need to get the job done and focus on those technologies. All right, second question, and I guess this is I'm I'll start out with this is how would a law student get started with a career in e-discovery? And um, again, I'll I'll challenge the premise of the question, or maybe I'll ask a, a, a question, a rhetorical question, which is what do the what do you mean exactly by a career in e-discovery? Because there are a number of ways to do this from a, from a legal standpoint. Um, the, the the main sta- the main way that a lawyer can do this is to really become an e-discovery attorney or a, an e-discovery counsel within a law firm. And I think the first thing that 
lawyers and, and, and law students need to do is they need to get educated on not only the case law and the rules surrounding e-discovery, but all of the technology. Lawyers who understand the technologies, who understand the various phases of the electronic discovery reference model, the EDRM, if you go to edrm.net, you'll be able to learn more about these. If you learn about all the different phases of the, the EDRM and how they've fit in to the law in a lawsuit, I think that you're, it, that's a good start. That's not enough, though. You've got to really get in and, and get interested in working on cases that involve e-discovery, whether it's from a project management standpoint, whether you are the attorney managing the case and, and, and working on the e-discovery requests, or if you're uh, in litigation support, if you're just doing document review, learning how the review process takes place, learning how documents are collected and processed from the client, from the corporation or wherever it's coming from. I, I think that the education is the obvious right place to go. And then if, if you're really, truly interested in becoming an e-discovery attorney, you really need to go with the bigger firms because those are the firms that are hiring e-discovery counsel, lawyers who are going to be uh, uh, spending most of their time working on e-discovery issues. Lots of corporations are also hiring uh, e-discovery attorneys, too. They're developing e-discovery departments now that are part uh, and work with IT and with records management and with legal on e-discovery issues. I think those are in my mind, some of the best ways to start uh, with a career in e-discovery. Did you have anything to add to that, Dennis? Um, no, I mean, I, th I think you're you're right on on point there, Tom. I, I just I just was struck at the time at what a, a horrifyingly bad market these law students face. Oh, absolutely, uh, job market, yeah. and they they need to look at, at alternatives. And um, this I, I think is a promising area, but I, I and I think it's a, the type of thing where a lot you can do a lot in self education to to bring yourself up to speed because it's still a very new area. Want to do some parting shots? Uh, yep, and we'll post a bunch of links on on education for for lawyers on e-discovery. Um, yep, here's it's time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation you can use the second this podcast ends. Dennis, you go first. Okay, uh, as is my want, I'm going to sneak in a two for here, but it's part in part to congratulate Adriana Linares uh, after her triumphant run as a co-host, guest co-host on this <laughs> podcast, is now doing her own podcast, also on the Legal Talk Network with Debbie Foster on legal technology. It, sh it should be great. We'll cover some different territories, and uh, I would listen to both of them. But my main, my main parting shot is about David Allen's Getting Things Done, uh, The System of Organization, and his new book, Making It All Work. Uh, Getting Things Done, or GTD as it's known, is became very popular among bloggers. And I know, Tom, you've tried it. I've used it for a number of, I have. A number of years. And it's a great approach to organizing. I came back from vacation, and I just found myself using the word chaos to describe what I was facing in terms of how all the projects and all the stuff I had going. And I was at my public library and I found David Allen's new book, which is called Making It All Work. And I decided, well, I'll take a look at this. And because I felt the only thing that I was hanging on by my fingernails, the things that were helping me were the, the parts of the, the GT system, GTD system I was using. Well, after reading the book, I realized that, that, uh, the book is called Making It All Work, and the emphasis here on the all, I think the fact that I was only using parts of the system and parts of ways that I do things was was actually causing a lot of uh, 
turmoil for me. So my project for the 4th of July weekend is to try to get myself back into the world of, of David Allen. And I thoroughly, if you haven't read uh, getting the original Getting Things Done, I thoroughly recommend it. If you have read it, I would say don't worry about this. the new book being repetitive. He's done a great job of expanding it, and it gives you a, some really great ways to think about the system. I, I second that recommendation. I, I am not a full-fledged GTD user, but I do use it with my, my email and with a lot of my, uh, my other, other issues. I, I, I do l- appreciate it. I think it's a good, uh, good process to use. Uh, I, I wish I were better at it. And so I, re- I recommend the same thing. My parting shot is very quick. Uh, if you have not downloaded the newest version of Firefox, Firefox 3.5, it's not a full new release version, but it's still pretty darn good. Um, it got an editor's choice, four and a half stars from PC Magazine. Uh, it has private browsing mode, so you can browse without uh, your devices being noticed on the internet. Uh, it is probably the most customizable browser with its extensions and its themes that is out there. It is probably not as fast as Chrome, but it's still pretty darn fast. So download Firefox 3.5 and give it a try if you're not already using Firefox. So that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mall Report. Links to the topics we discussed today, as well as how to follow us on our blogs or on Twitter, will be available at the Show Notes Wiki, which is located at tkmreport.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast at the Legal Talk Network or in iTunes. And if you have suggestions or uh, questions for upcoming topics, please email us at tkmreport at gmail.com. So until the next podcast, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.